don't care what your religion is. We don't care what organization you belong to. We don't care how far in school you went or didn't go. We don't care what kind of job you have. We have to give you credit for shocking the white man by not letting him divide you and use you one against the other. In the past, the greatest weapon the white man has had has been his ability to divide and conquer. How do they do it? Divide and conquer. If I take my hand and slap you, you don't even feel it. It might sting you because these digits are separated. But all I have to do to put you back in your place is bring those digits together. Dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up with your host this evening, your brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass. Shout out to my co host, my brother John, the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth podcast. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Shout out to the whole On the Wake Up Radio family and shout out to you, the listener, the On the Wake Up Radio army. You can check us out at onthewakeupradio.com where we have the 24-hour streaming radio. That's right. Got our 24-hour radio, ladies and gentlemen. You can listen to all the wonderful programs on of On the Wake Up from going back, you know, three years now at this point. You can also check out live shows as they're, broad, as they're broadcasted, so stay tuned for that. You can also check out our archives at SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you are on any of those platforms, go over there. Definitely hit that like button and hit that share button and share this content with someone who you feel is on the wake up. We have loads of wonderful shows and wonderful hosts and archive programs. And, you know, it's 2021. The things that we're going through right now, we talked a a lot about it even leading up to the 2020, you know, Vision 2020. So here we are. This is like 2020 part two, you know, chapter two. Peace, family. I see you, cousin. It's like 2020 chapter two. I don't even count anything after 2020, really. It's just 2020 chapter two. That's all that this is. Um, Big shout out to FEMA region administrator, FEMA region two administrator, Bob Fenton, Robert Fenton. See you, Bob. Thank you for keeping the lights on. We're almost out of this dark winter situation, but what other fuckery do they have in store for us? Who knows? But you know it's something. We're watching you. What FEMA region are you in? 
give a shout out if you know your FEMA region. I'm in FEMA region too. What's your FEMA region? You should know your FEMA region. You should know your FEMA region administrator. And you should know what other states are with you in your FEMA region. There's like some Hunger Games type shit. Peace, Steve. Peace, brother Steve. I see you, man. Yup. At it one more time, ladies and gentlemen. We got some stuff in store tonight. If you saw the ad, hold on. Where am I, man? Okay, okay. Okay, FEMA Region 4, I see you. I see you, FEMA Region 4. Okay. Um, Before we start anything, okay, FEMA Region 9, I see you. I'm going to pull up my FEMA region map. That's what's up. I'm so happy to see that people know what region they're in, to put things into better perspective. You know, I'm in FEMA region too, so that's New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. <clears throat> and so I was on the air train. Anytime you ride the air train out here to JFK Station, they have the, uh, the Homeland Security posters up inside the train and inside the stations. And you have the guys there and it says protecting this guy, whatever officer, such and such name, protecting your region. And it's like, it's kind of ominous. It's almost like Nazi Germany type shit. You know what I'm saying? You see your brave, heavily armed police officer with his automatic rifle who's protecting your region. They don't even say the state. They say the region, but it's so subtle that... You're not paying attention to these little things. This is why we say peep the propaganda, because they put stuff out there for us. But if you're not paying attention, then you're not going to catch on to it. So for someone who may not know that they are living in one of the 10 FEMA regions, they may not mean anything to them or, you know, it's going to go over their head. But for you, our educated audience, you know what time it is. So look out for stuff like that, because they're telling us what it is. I know on uh, a recent show, we actually did the, uh, what did we do? Oh, yeah, we did the overlays. And I know on one of my posts, we did the overlays of the, the FEMA region and the high-speed rail lines and the, um, what do you call it? The um, Constitution Free Zone or the 100-mile border zone. And also the Wildlands Project. Uh, yeah, the Wildlands Project. And when you start to put all these things together, it, it really start. It, it really uh, paints a picture of what they want this future to look like, you know, even from 2025. That's why I say, you know, we got to exit this by 2025, but we can talk about that later. Uh, before we even start anything, I really want to, you know, pay my respects to the legend. We we lost some royalty this week. April 11th, was it? No, it wasn't April 11th. We, we lost some royalty this week, okay? DMX. DMX. I wish we could play some of his music right now, but, you know, not trying to get shut down so early in the program. But DMX, man, for anybody who's there in the 90s and who was a fan of dmx this was a huge loss to you know the world to the hip-hop world to black culture black american culture black culture worldwide you know because he, he kind of transcended all cultures and all peoples 
And that that was a huge loss. And that that's why I say too, this is like 2020 part two, you know, chapter two. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you, Super Producer Cindy. We can play DMX on our station. I hope we got him on rotation right now. Because that was a huge loss, you know. You don't, it's rare that you see such a dynamic personality come around. And someone, you know, he went through his pain and his trials and tribulations, but he was able to transmute so much of that pain into art that we could all absorb. You know, uh, I, I, I was a fan from the day he came out, you know, the day that he dropped his first album. And, you know, like I felt him. I felt him, you know. His music has spoke to my spirit. And he was one of those artists because he came out, he was hard. And at the same time, he really had a message and he wanted to educate people through his own means. The, you know, you might call it unorthodox. But he, he was speaking to his people. You know, it was one of those things where if you, if you get him, then you get him. If he speaks to you, then he, he's speaking to you, and it, it's for you. And, you know, I just I just want to just give our respect from On The Wake Up, from On The Wake Up Radio, to his family, to his loved ones, to all the people and all his fans out there who, who really cared about him and who he, he touched over all these years. You know, he gave us, what, 20-something 20, 20 years of music. 20 something music, just pouring, pouring life, pouring life into people, you know? Yeah, he's gonna be missed. 2020 part two, motherfuckers. Rest in power, Earl Simmons. You know? And then, um, but then also, this bitch made motherfucker this the un undead <laughs> the undead prince philip <laughs> now, i'm not laughing at his death but this is the guy who said that something along the lines of when he dies he would come back as a virus or a plague so that he could help deal with the overpopulation problem. This guy, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to really go too much into his shit because we already know. We could go through, you know, some of the colonial history of Britain in the last hundred years because I'm sure his ass was there. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that tonight. Nah, fuck that nigga. That's all I got to say. Moving right along, though, folks. So, yeah, exactly. That old piece of shit. You know, like, I, I've got no love. I've got about as much love for him as I do for old, uh, what's his name? What's this guy's name? King Leopold in in the Congo. <laughs> you know, I got about as much love for him as I have for King Leopold or Napoleon Bonaparte. Or fucking Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> I got about as much love for 
Prince Phillips as I do for those guys, okay? Peace, peace, Danny K, peace. Yeah. We got no love for colonists over here. We don't care about them. We don't give a fuck about them. And, you know, that's um, an appropriate, appropriate topic and segue even. Because they're still trying to colonize the earth. They're still trying to colonize melanated people all over the world. And it doesn't really matter from what section of Ethiopia you hail, okay? That term, by the way, is not my term. That is coined by my big brother, Joshua Sara. You can definitely check him out. Joshua Sara, it's a powerful brother right there. Ethiopia, okay? We are Ethiopians. We come from, we are, we have been on this earth. We were the first peoples on this earth. We come from all corners of the earth, okay? I see so much conversation, not even conversation, debates about who we are as melanated people, right? Even to the point, uh, do we call ourselves black people? You know, are we black people? Are we melanated? Are we Hebrew Israelites? Are we Moors? Are we fucking Nuwapians? Are we niggas from out of space? You know what I'm saying? Like all, all that shit. Fuck that. Ethiopians. Or I'll be the ass on cause. Niggatopians. You know what I'm saying? You may not be black, but you sure as hell are a nigga to somebody. Nigatopians, yeah, Ethiopians sounds a lot better. Shout out Joshua Sarah, Ethiopians. You know, we talk about the history and all that. So I might touch a little history. You know how we do when we're on this line. But more importantly, these people are still trying to colonize us. So no matter what we call ourselves, we have to be aware that these folks are trying to colonize us, okay? Um, if you saw the ad for today, it was an ad. <laughs> it was just a short, short sewing together of clips of people who have been injured by these vaccines. And now, if you're listening on the Instagram, then this conversation, listen, Go to onthewakeupradio.com. You can listen on the Instagram. That's cool. Or better yet, just stay tuned in on the Instagram and turn the volume down and listen to the crisp, clear deliverance on onthewakeupradio.com. Because the shit we're going to talk about tonight is definitely going to be censored. And you might just get kicked out of the feed as we're going through the conversation, okay? So... I just wanted to give you that heads up right there. So, yeah, because we're talking about vaccines, right? So the ad for tonight is a whole bunch of people who have been injured by this wave of vaccines, okay? Um, we got Johnson & Johnson. We got the Moderna on there. We may even have a Pfizer on there. I'm not sure. But the point being is there are people who are being injured right now. Uh, and the injuries I'm talking about, n nervous system, paralysis, people, all kind of people with the shakes and shit is horrible. And these are the things that 
you won't necessarily see reported in the mainstream media. Like, we are in an age of deception, ladies and gentlemen. And I know, like, I'm talking to my people, so this is, I'm not telling you anything that you don't know already. But we have to consider the seriousness of that right now in 2021. The age of, in age of deception, where, let's start with the media, right? The media is allowed to lie to us. If we look at channels like CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, they openly admit that they are not news per se, but they are entertainment, okay? When you get real, when you really get down to it, they will admit that they're entertainment, okay? Which means that they don't necessarily have to tell you the truth. They can they can feed you a sensationalized version of the truth, a version of the truth, right? That's who these people are, and they'll give it to you from the, the your your chosen political perspective. So if you're a Democrat, they'll give you that good Democrat shit that makes you feel good, right? And if you're a Republican, they'll give it to you from the Republican perspective. But it doesn't have to be the truth. It can be based on the truth. It can be loosely based on the truth. But these people are allowed to propagandize you, okay, in 2021. So that's what's going on right now. So they're never going to show us videos and images of all the people who are being maimed by these vaccines. I want to bring you back. I might have mentioned this last week. But in 1989, the CDC began experimental studies an experimental, I mean, I believe it was an experimental measles vaccine. They were testing it on children in Los Angeles, okay? Little black and, and Hispanic children in Los Angeles. They were also testing it on African children. They were testing it on Haitian children and children in, I think, Sierra Leone. I got to find out the countries, the African countries that they were actually testing this that they were testing this um, because ultimately the children in Africa and I believe in Haiti who were receiving this experimental drug, they were, they ended up dying. Some of them ended up dying and especially the little girls. That's important. This for whatever reason, this affected girls a lot worse. So they were dying from it. So from 89 to 91, they were testing this experimental vaccine on little black children. This was the CDC, your friends at the CDC and your friends at Johns Hopkins University. Okay, and it's so funny, full circle, because these same folks are in the mix right now with some more experimental shit. Right. But so, yeah. They tested these these uh this measles vaccine on little black children all around the world. Again, residents of Ethiopia, the children of Ethiopians, put it like that, right? And then 
they, you know, children started dying, so they stopped the studies. But what happened? They didn't, this wasn't released to the media officially, as far as I know, until 1996. Okay, so that was five years later. And the thing is that the parents, the parents of these children were not informed that their children were part of an experimental study of a measles vaccine, okay? They weren't informed. This is the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, all right? They, this finally came out in the LA Times and the CDC said something along the lines of, <clears throat> we didn't want minorities to get to, we didn't want to uh, lose the trust of minorities and have them think that we were experimenting on them, okay? <laughs> That's why we didn't tell them. We didn't want them to think that we were doing what we were actually doing. <laughs> These are the people that we're dealing with, okay? Now, you know, 1991, that was what? Was that 30 years ago? Oh, shit. 90s babies are 30 years old now? God damn. Y'all are old. So 1991. 1991, okay? So, yeah, that was 30 years ago. You're telling me that there's nobody who was there in 1991 who is now working in the CDC? Mm-mm. Give me a break. And I know people are getting dropped out of the IG live, so I hope you're tuning in on on onthewakeupradio.com. That's why we have it there, because I told you, there's going to be heavy censorship in this episode. It's just, there's no way around it. <clears throat> and that's okay. But it, it's, it's unavoidable right now. Because we're saying all the key words. So you're telling me that none of these people work for oh not yet oh you you're 28 okay just give it a couple years brother steve just give it a couple years man <laughs> 1993 that's just two years away 2002 2023 that's crazy 2023 that shit sounds futuristic not a flying car i'm not a free energy this is for the time travelers too, you know, all these archives for the time travelers. Cause you know, they're sitting there listening to this shit right now. None of that in 2021. If y'all, if they didn't go and kill Nikola, Nikola Tesla and bastardize his work, we probably, we probably would have had that type of stuff, you know, a hundred years ago. Yeah. It does sound crazy. You know, you know, it's going to sound crazier though is 2025. When they hit us with that 2025 shit. Gracias. Okay. Yeah, folks, you're gonna have some real um real decisions to make as we approach 2025. Some of those decisions might involve involve leaving the United States, okay? Flee in Babylon. I want to give a shout out to St. Vincent. You see what's going on in St. Vincent right now. If you is we have this um this volcano eruption in St. Vincent. And you know, people are being evacuated and sending cruise ships out 
And initially, from what we were hearing in the news reports, was that they were not allowing people onto the cruise ships unless they were vaccinated. Okay? So, you know, um, got to chat with someone, uh, with the Vinci earlier, with someone, a young lady from St. Vincent, and she was saying that that's not true, that's not what's going on. They're allowing people, you know, I, I believe, was it Grenada or I think Grenada, can't remember what country now, allowed people in regardless of their vaccine status. <clears throat> so whether that was the policy or whether that policy changed, I don't know. But the people who have not been vaccinated are being permitted to flee that island. I even heard that in shelters in St. Vincent that they only want to vaccinated people in there. Whether that's true or not, we really have to speak to the people of St. Vincent and people who who are communicating with folks who are there. That's how we're really going to find out what's going on. Now, let's say that's not going on at this point, right? But the media, but we keep getting these media clips that are perpetuating what may be a lie. We have to be aware that there's an agenda being pushed right now. There's the agenda for these uh, vaccine passports, you know, and and this agenda, this goes back. This isn't something new. They, I mean, we've known that they want to implement this type of system for a long time. And this is just, this, uh, this pandemic is just an excuse to do that. That's all that it is. It's an excuse to do what they've wanted to do this whole time. It's funny because I pulled up the, the old Tabula Rasa page. <clears throat> So I'm going to read off some of these events just, you know, just to give you an idea, because John and I, we talk about this all the time, Tabula Rasa, and I had to go back. And so this is actually November 17th, 2015, this ticker. And it says, so the next um, the next thing on the agenda is 13 days away. It's an unknown event. But then 76 days away, which would be February 2016, is an epidemic, okay? So when I say that I had a heads up that there was going to be some kind of epidemic or a pandemic, this is what I'm talking about. And, And the closer it gets to that date, you can see they, they even say flu, flu. I think they say at some point flu like pandemic, you know, on the tabula rasa ticker. <clears throat> but th- this was a great page and it's a, it's a shame that it's no longer uh, being updated because I'm sure it could tell us a lot. It talks about. 23rd to 25th, September 2015, global climate chaos. Laurent Fabius, that was the French dude that came on. He said some wild shit like, we have 400 days to avert climate catastrophe. Something like that. So that's a year and a few days, year and a few weeks, something like that, right? And 
basically, uh, let me see if I can just look it up real quick. You know how we do, ladies and gentlemen, Operation O'Reilly. You just got to know the right things. Um, oh, here we go. Here we go. Laurent Flavius. Because they make these statements. They, they make these declarations. And it, it sets forth a chain of events. Um, he says, we have 500 days to avoid climate chaos. Laurent Flavius. Oh, and this article's from 2020. No, I need something that goes further back than that. I need something from 2015. Give me something from 20 because this is actually before the uh, the Paris Climate Conference, I believe. Okay, here we go. This is from November 8th, 2015. Life on planet at stake. France warns as climate ministers meet. Oh, okay. I wonder what they're going to come up with, climate ministers in 2015. Okay. France's top diplomat, who was? So this is from phys.org. Okay. I guess it's like a physics site. All right. France's top diplomat who will preside over a 15-year-end Paris summit at tasked with inking a climate rescue pact Warn Sunday of looming planetary, quote-unquote, catastrophe if negotiations fail, all right? So he hit them with the fear tactics. He's like, listen, if y'all don't pass this fucking agreement, the world is going to end, right? He said, uh, Foreign Minister Laurent Fabius remarks came as separate reports warned of the devastating effects of global warming on the poor and those living in megacities around the world. Quote, and it's life on our planet itself, which is at stake, end quote. Fabius told journalists as ministers and climate envoys from 70 countries met for pre-summit talks to iron out tough political questions. With the key UN conference just three weeks away, he also announced that Russia's President Vladimir Putin would attend the November 30 opening. Russia, a major oil producer, is seen as a deal maker or breaker in the years long attempt to negotiate the world's first truly universal pact to curb climate altering greenhouse gas emissions. Quote, there's absolute urgency, end quote, said Fabius, to achieve the UN goal of limiting global warming to two degrees Celsius over pre industrial revolution levels. Okay. I'm just going to stop it right there. Y'all get the idea of where I'm going with this conversation, okay? Um, You know, you have all these reports coming out talking about, listen, this is the thing. Yes, there is climate change occurring. Is it from you driving your car to work? I am sure that you driving to work every day for a year is not putting out as much pollution as the chemtrails that they're spraying in the sky. It's not polluting as much as the the uh, the barges spewing out bunker fuel in selected areas of the ocean. Okay, changing the weather patterns. I'm sure it's not causing as much damage as the wind turbines that are moving weather systems, okay? I'm sure it's not creating as much damage as these vortex systems 
that, that I don't even know how they're dropping them, how what how they're doing it, that are sucking weather weather patterns towards them in devastating areas with, you know, fire nados. You ever heard of a fucking fire nado before the earth before 2020s, you know, <laughs> before 2012, you never heard of a goddamn fire NATO, okay? Now, I'm sure you driving your car is not doing more damage than harp, okay? The the lasers that they're that they're blasting into the ionosphere. All right, I'm sure they're not doing more damn. You driving your car isn't doing more damage than the LDAL, the laser developed atmospheric lens, which is uh, shooting directed energy weapons, space lasers down into Earth, into into uh, a <laughs> forest and, and wild wildlife regions. Peace, peace. Just how you doing? Um, it's it, the thought of that. It's ridiculous. But if if people don't do their homework, then they don't know. And this climate change agenda, it, it's being so politicized. Like, yes, we need we need to be better custodians of this earth, period. But people also need to know what's really causing this destruction of the earth. It's intentional. You have to go back to the report from Iron Mountain, because if you go back to that, then you'll see clearly that they want to end war, okay? But they want to keep that same zest that same vigor so what they had to do was basically destroy the climate to the point where people demand uh the governments come together for a solution okay that's the report from iron mountain i believe we have a whole episode that's called the report from iron mountain so you know you can go back and check that out go to youtube you can download the report for yourself and see what it says i'm not making this up right here but if if you don't know the past and don't know their intentions, then it's going to be hard to gauge the present that we're in right now, because this is the beginning of the new world. The new world that they want to see, it we're not there yet. You know, we're 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 getting there, but we're not there yet. They still have a lot of work to do, and they still sadly have a lot of people to get rid of. So, you know. We'll get to that point. Um, I should mention this now because I, I was listening to this guy earlier. This is going to go into other topics. Oh, man. What's this dude's name? I can't remember now. It'll come back to me, though. But this gentleman, he was talking back in around 1998. <sighs> Excuse me. Tired. He's talking in 1998 about martial law and what to expect. And it was interesting because he, he talked about what happened in Nazi Germany. And he was saying on, I guess it was called the night of broken glass or the night of long, the long knives. You had people going around. You had the brown shirts, I believe, going around knocking on doors. So this was the red list. Nazi Germany had a red list and a blue list. Okay. The red list are the people, that's the first wave of people that's going to be taken out, right? And all that is concentrated into, you know, I can't remember the name he used particularly, but 
basically what I would see as the modern day fusion centers in the United States. If you don't know fusion centers, that's where all the major, you know, law enforcement intelligence agencies, basically every region I believe has probably at least one fusion center, probably a few, but at least one fusion center. So they had their version in Germany of the fusion centers. And from there, they were, they coordinated. And then they, I guess, sent out the brown shirts, right? The, the long knives. And they were knocking on doors. And you say, oh, you're General so-and-so. And they were shooting these people. This is how they wiped out the, uh, the generals and commanders from the Weimar Republic. If you know about the Weimar Republic, that's what came before Nazi Germany, right? Did their deed, right? But then apparently, and I hope I'm quoting this right, at some point you had the SS come in, right? So the SS, those were the black shirts. They came in and they wiped out the brown shirts, okay? That is what happens, and I believe that's the blue list. So, and John and I have talked about this, and we talked about this a lot on this show over the years, where when when it comes to a tyrannical government, you're going to have to have those who are going to go get their hands dirty, right? Those who are empowered to go get their hands dirty. And in this case, it's probably going to be law enforcement, you know? You see how they're, uh, uh, what do you call it? hooking them up with this tactical gear and, they, you know, making them look like little soldiers, right? Then sending them out to fucking kick down old ladies' doors and drag them out butt-ass naked in the snow. You know what I mean? To grandma, to somebody's grandma and shoot the dog and shit like that. And, and you know, tough guys, right? But what those tough guys don't understand, so those would be the brown shirts, right? Going and executing the their orders for the red list. What they do not understand, though, is that there is somebody who will come in after them, okay? There's somebody who will be sent in to dispatch them, okay? And they're going to be way better. And that's going to be the real power. That's going to be the real force, okay? So <clears throat> this guy, I, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he was talking about the um, the the infrastructure in the U.S. is already being set up for this type of thing where, and he, mind you, he's talking about this now in 1998. And he was saying, he was talking about the DWI checks, right? The uh, peace, peace, I see you, peace. He was talking about how you have, you know, uh, you see it in, um, in different states where you'll be driving, you know, late night and they'll just have these these sobriety checks where you have to drive past these officers. It's like a fucking bottleneck, a funnel, and you drive through it and, you know, they check you, okay, are you drinking, are you this and that, where are you going, but well, who knows what they ask you, I don't know, because I always drive around, I always, <laughs> when I see one of those, I go bust down this street over here and come around a mile down the road and go around, but I don't do the sobriety checks, I don't do that shit if I can avoid them, and neither should you, ladies and gentlemen, if you see the line forming and 
your sobriety check? Nah, just take your ass in another direction. It's okay. Hey, listen, I do it all the time. It is not illegal. I'm not subjecting myself to that shit. I'm too black to be driving that late at night doing a fucking sobriety check. Not that I'm drinking or under the influence, but I'm just too black for that shit, okay? <laughs> Motherfuckers always want to ask you questions. and <laughs> But I digress. So he was explaining that these type of sobriety checks, they're softening the people up. So you're going to go there. These are his words, paraphrase. You're going to go there and you're going to see, you know, your local sheriff or your local officers. They ask you, oh, yeah, you sober, this and that, da, 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 send you on your way, right? One time, though, you're going to get there. Say, oh, shit, okay. No, the sheriff said, okay, they were in brown shirts. Now they're in black shirts. You're going to get there. And it's going to be someone speaking, you know, someone with a little accent. You say, oh, shit, not the regular cops over here. It might be German, it might be Russian, it might be Chinese. It might be a lot of different shit, okay? <clears throat> and you're going to find they may have a clipboard. He said a clipboard because it was 1998. Now nah, they have your fucking facial recognition. They say, oh, shit, you're on the red list. Come right with me. Send your ass right to the helicopter. And if you haven't seen the helicopter drills, just look at, uh, was it Miami-Dade or Fort Lauderdale? During the days of, of Jade Helm 15, back in 2015, there were videos that came out about, um, they were of <clears throat> some kind of drill that was going on in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where... You had people in line. I don't know what it was. They were in line. There, there was um, a basically some kind of uh, infrastructure had been put up loosely. It was a fenced barbed wire fence, and there were people who were in a line, and they were going, you know, four people to a white van and being driven off somewhere. Where they were going, I don't know. Was it just a drill? I guess maybe. Did they ever come back? Who knows? I don't know what it was, but the the cameras shot was from far away far enough that whoever was filming wasn't seen <clears throat> and they had um excuse me <clears throat> they had helicopters landing in like it would be like a walmart parking lot you know black hawk helicopters coming people filing on and being flown off somewhere this should be alarming for people okay <clears throat> Oh, this guy, uh, his name is going to come back to me because I, I have it somewhere. It's just, you know, operational rallies. It's difficult to kind of pull up all this information as I'm trying to talk and sound like I know what I'm talking about, too. But as this gentleman was talking, he, um, oh, Al Cuppet. Al Cuppet, C-U-P-P-E-T-T. -T. <clears throat> you get a chance to check out some of his content. He's pretty on point. Again, the stuff I was listening to just happened to be from 1998. Hopefully he has some more updated information. <clears throat> but so Al Cuppet was talking about how even back then you had a lot of foreign, foreign troops. He was saying that you had foreigners for foreign military commanders who were basically commanding, who were the co commanders at 
U.S. missile bases in this country, <laughs> if you can believe it. So, and other people have been talking about this. John Moore, Sergeant Major Dan Page. Sergeant Major Dan Page actually went into detail about the Russian troops and Russian Spetsnaz who are in the United States right now. One, they've been training here for decades. <clears throat> and, you know, they've been training back and forth with the U.S. military. But how Spetsnaz-like people might be used in a martial law situation. And, <clears throat> you know, the Red Lists are... It, it, red Lists are more critical. Those are the people who will not go along with whatever new world order, whatever you want to call the new world order. The red list people will just not go along with it. And so they got to go. That's the red list. Blue list. Now, there's a lot of different models for these lists. I've heard different things. The blue list I heard are the law enforcement people who will take out the red listers, but then eventually they will be taken out. Green list. I heard those are the people that can be re-educated, maybe. Pink list, those are the people that just go right along with it. Those non-threatening pinks, right? Something along those lines, you know? But there are lists. There are people who are on these lists. If you want to go to the tag track ID, which we heard in 2019, that was uh, coming out of the Friends of David Goldberg content. If you heard that, you're fortunate. If you heard that back in 2019, the Friends of David Goldberg stuff, you were fortunate because you got a leg up on all this stuff. You knew all this stuff was coming, okay? We're almost out of winter 2021, all right? So maybe their plans didn't go exactly like they wanted. At the same time, Texas. There was a deep freeze in Texas, okay? What came of that? Was anybody snatched and grabbed out of Texas? I don't know, but that'd be something to look into. We know that just like in the Friends of David Goldberg, they told us that it was going to be a pathogen. They told us that there were going to be prolonged blackouts, okay? And we were told that th throughout these prolonged blackouts that, you know, people might start to disappear, how many patriots or how many people, uh, three percenters, I'm not talking about the organization, I'm talking about the three percent who would fight back against tyranny. How many of them were made to disappear in Texas? I hope none of them did, but there's a chance that some people did. And we would never know it because, you know, th there was too much going on at the time to, to focus on one individual. Like that was a humanitarian crisis right there. And that was largely orchestrated, and even down to the power outages. The power didn't have to go out. The power was turned out, okay? <sighs> so Al Culpit, I was, uh, like I said, I was listening to him earlier, and he was just dropping some shit, you know? Um, I said I was going to talk on... Operation Ring of Fire tonight because that's how I actually came across Al Culpit material. Operation Ring of Fire. Now, now, 
this Operation Ring of Fire, I heard about this. It, it must have been back in 2013, and I think it goes back even farther. But it it was something that was going around for a long time on the Internet. People were making a big fuss about it. And then it kind of just disappeared. And one of the two of the things that really stuck out to me with Operation Ring of Fire, it was two things. It was train derailments and factory or warehouse explosions. And as I was hearing about it, I believe there was, um, that was around the time where there was a huge, uh, I guess it was a fertilizer plant explosion in Waco, Texas, if you can believe it, on, I believe it was around April 19th, 23rd. Let me find out the year. Not lie to you, okay? You know how we do, folks. Operational rally. Oh, yeah. April 17, 2013. Okay? You remember that? And I remember even back then, folks were saying, oh, that might have been a directed energy weapon. This is from Wikipedia, okay? On April, th- on April 17, 2013, an ammonium nitrate explosion occurred at the West Fertilizer Company Storage and Distribution facility in tech in west texas 18 miles north of waco while emergency services personnel were responding to a fire at the facility 15 people were killed more than 160 were injured and more than 115 150 buildings were damaged or destroyed investigators confirmed that ammonium nitrate was the material that exploded on May 11, 2016, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives stated that the fire had been deliberately set. <clears throat> you remember that, huh? Y'all remember those? Exactly. You remember those incidents, right? So I didn't know that the that the ATF, the BATF said that the fire had been deliberately set, right? So again, this falls right in line with the uh Operation Ring of Fire narrative. And it kind of tripped me out as, you know, so years went by. And then I started looking into this just uh, last year, maybe this year, probably last year, looking into it and again. And I couldn't find any of that content. So that's when my little red flags went up. You know, sometimes you hear things and can't really put it into proper context until other stuff happens. That's how these things go a lot of the time. You know, you just forget about it. But there was actually a decent amount of information on it. And if you know anything about those dates, so a few things to kind of think about with those dates, right, to consider. One, Waco. So the Waco, Texas, they're calling it the Waco siege, right? So, again... Going to the great and mighty Wikipedia, they call it the Waco Siege, right? It says the Waco Siege, also known as the Waco Massacre, was the law enforcement siege of the compound that belonged to the religious sect Branch Davidians. It was carried out by the U.S. federal government, Texas state law enforcement, and the U.S. military between February 28th and April 19th, 1993, okay? So that date, 
that April 17th, April 19th, you know, that it's even like even through the month of April, mid-April on, like that's where things get a little funny in my opinion, right? Because so we'll talk about just the Waco massacre, you know, the more I read and learn and watch documentaries about Waco, there's so much that we don't know. And so much we were just straight lied to because they tried to uh, blame that on one of these militias, you know, or they tried to pin them, excuse me, as a militia group and justify what was done. You know, they said that they I received now I remember when I was a child, I was um, what the, this was 1993. So I was about nine years old when this happened or I was probably eight going to be nine that year when this happened. I remember coming home from school and, you know, you would see the standoff, but you didn't, I didn't really understand what was going on. But the, the, the pictures that sticks in my mind from a child, from childhood was when I came home from school and you saw that you saw the smoke and the fire coming out of it. And you heard that, Oh, all those children had died. Oh, and they said that David Koresh, because now that was a household name, David Koresh. He said that David Koresh, they had rigged the whole church with gas, with some kind of gas that killed everybody. And then uh, this was my understanding as an eight-year-old child, mind you, okay, that there was some kind of gas that was let off and they, they laced it. They, they rigged the building to catch on fire or something along. There was a standoff and a shootout and some crazy shit like that. You know, this is what my little eight-year-old mind, how I comprehended what was going on, okay? And as, you know, as an adult, you know, I, I look back into it and, you know, you learn some stuff and it, it didn't go anything like that, you know? You had the ATF over there who were basically c conducting a military operation. Like they said, the ATF, the Texas State Police, U.S. military, they were conducting a military operation and ultimately ended up killing a bunch of children. They gassed the people with CS gas, CX gas. Um. <sighs> They they detonated incendiary devices, okay? There was a bunker where all the children were rushed off to safety. And it was uh it was uh set on fire, you know. Now Al Cuppet, I was listening to him earlier, and this is an interesting part. He was saying, I've never heard this part before. He was saying that he spoke to some of his ATF people. I, I don't know if he was former military or what he is. Al Cupid was saying he was speaking to some of his people who were at Waco, who were in the ATF. And they were saying that they were basically called back. And the men in black, the men in the black uniforms went forward and committed the biggest atrocities, you know. And he was saying that his ATF people told them that they would have never done something like that to Americans. They would have never killed Americans in that manner. But you had foreign forces operating to do it. Okay, now, that's interesting. I'd never heard that twist. But I had, did hear the twist that Tim, Timothy McVeigh was present at Waco. And Timothy McVeigh... <laughs> 
Timothy McVeigh, he, he did the Oklahoma City bombing, allegedly, okay? Now, Timothy McVeigh, what was he doing at Waco? What's this guy's name? Cody Snodgrass. Cody Snodgrass. He is one of these, if you ever heard of Cody Snodgrass, you could check him out. I'm pretty sure he's still alive. If not, he, you know, he's probably still on the run. But Cody Snodgrass, he is one of these gladio type of soldiers, you know, these these specialists who, you know, they commit acts of terrorism, domestic terrorism, that you know, that they're profiled, <clears throat> whether it's because of their military career or intelligence intelligence, career, knowledge, but they're they're targeted specifically for their expertise and they're used. Cody Snodgrass was asked, he was going to be given, you know, I think half a million dollars to do the Oklahoma City bombing. And he didn't take it up. He and you know he he didn't really want to do domestic work like that. And for he said that was a small amount of money to do that type of job. And he basically figured that was a patsy type of job. And later on, you know, it was put on Timothy McVeigh. <clears throat> now, Oklahoma City bombing. That was another one, April 19th, 1995, but we're not going to go there yet, okay, because we're still talking about Waco. So Waco, Texas was April 19th, 1993. Timothy McVeigh apparently was at Waco, okay, and he saw what was going on, and he was not for it. He was not with it. Timothy McVeigh, he he was um, a decorated soldier from the first Gulf War. All right, when it was invaded, when we uh, when the U.S. invaded Iraq under <clears throat> under um, George Bush the first, may you rot in hell. Timothy McVeigh, he wanted to uh, go on to be special force or something along those lines. And apparently he was picked out because of, like, he won, I think, like a bronze medal for valor or something like that, okay? So he was no no slouch, okay? Don't get it fucked up. And McVeigh, you know, according to the stories, according to the legends, because that's all we have are legends, but he was picked out, you know, in the beginning of this officer, some kind of officer training, a special forces training. He allegedly washed out. But I, but from what I understand, they said he was picked. Maybe 10 Social Security numbers were called out, and one of them was his. And he was told, you know, they basically told that you all are being chosen for, you know, something special, right? So... There's a whole little blurry area where it's like, did he wash out a special forces training and become, you know, disgruntled or was he chosen and selected as one of these gladio soldiers? 
which it seems like it is because there there was a there's an actual video where I can't remember who did it now, but someone, you know, I guess got access to a military base and they were interviewing people and he was interview he was uh in a tank with you know, on a military base. This is authorized. He was able to do it. It's not like he was sneaking around interviewing people. And he's interviewing this young man who's Timothy McVeigh. Now, this was at a time when McVeigh was allegedly had already washed out of Special Forces training. Okay? So what was he doing there in the first place? And this was before before Waco, I believe. But it's just something interesting, okay? So <clears throat> Timothy McVeigh was allegedly at Waco. He saw what was going on. He wasn't with it. But McVeigh was most likely one of these gladio type of soldiers. <clears throat> these people who are called upon to perform certain tasks in order to push forward agendas, right? So that's April 19th, 1993. Fast forward to April 19th, 1995, and you have Waco, Texas. Excuse me, the Oklahoma City bombing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Oklahoma City bombing of the Alfred P. Mira Federal Building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, okay? So, and this was put on Timothy McVeigh. And, you know, they tried to say maybe he was a lone wolf. Then there was Terry Nichols, who also uh, got in trouble for that. But there were other members of that team. And they are not, they will never tell us. Timothy McVeigh, he's been, you know, executed, allegedly. But they will not let us know who those other members of the team were. I think they were the five-man team. And Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols just happened to be the patsies, okay? Why did I go all the way to that? Because we're talking about the West Fertilizer Company explosion on April 17th, 2013, okay? Watch watch for a funny stuff. And, you know, uh, it's, it's April 12th right now, 2021. I always get a little, you know, funny around this type of the year because, you know, stuff tends to pop off. And a lot of times it's things that will change the direction of the country or will have such a lasting impact on the country. <clears throat> and if people aren't paying attention or if they're not knowledgeable, then they'll be swept away in the fervor. Okay. That's why it's important to have this conversation right now because, you know, all, all this stuff is just coming to me too. So you have this fertilizer plant that exploded April 17, 2013. And so as we're hearing about the Operation Ring of Fire stuff, all of a sudden, then we have this fertilizer plant explosion. Let me bring you to something else that happened around this time of the year, okay? This was 
because we're about to bring all of this full circle for y'all. So, <sighs> April 15th, 2013. Y'all remember what happened April 15th, 2013? The Boston Marathon bombing, okay? So ironically enough, two days before this fertilizer plant explosion, you had this Boston Marathon attack. And the thing with the Boston Marathon attackers, because it is well known at this point that the Sarnaya brothers, the older brothers specifically, Tamerlan, Tamerlan Sarnayev, I believe that's the older brother, was the, uh, he was a gladio soldier, okay? He was one of these gladio guys. He's a Chechnyan, all right? He... <clears throat> I guess it was known by the FBI, working with the FBI, something. There's some weird connection in there. Uncle was a CIA, some weird shit like that, you know? And <laughs> when when the Boston bombing happened, there was so much funny business. Because remember, when this happened, a lot of us were hip to false flags at this point. I remember something came out in the Boston Globe that morning that said there was there would be drills being conducted by oh man it was like national guard and a whole bunch it was like 1500 specialists were in boston at the time they said that they were going to detonate a fake bomb on the steps of the boston library this was from the Boston Globe tweeted this now. They tweeted this, okay? And these 1,500 specialists were in town and they were running these drills. This is why we say on this show, this is why we say when drills go live, that is something you will hear us throwing around that terminology and that nomenclature. When drills go live. Because this is one of those situations when a drill went live where for whatever reason, you had all these fucking specialists in town and not one of them could stop two kids essentially from setting off these explosive devices in Boston, okay? Uh, it, according to them, you know, uh, injured all these people and th there was just so much funny business, you know, like the guy without the legs, the guy that so-called got his legs blown off. He turns out he might have been an amputee, uh, uh, an Iraq or Afghanistan veteran who was already an amputee. Was he really? I don't know. He sure looks like the guy that was the amputee. So, but we know that Tamerlan, Tamerlan Sarnaya, he was, he was a, apparently a gladio soldier. Look at uh, Sibel Edmonds, the FBI translator. She talks about this in depth, okay? Just look at her. That, that's where I got that information from. 
there's a video, and I remember this when they when they apprehended Tamerlan. And you know, they, they tried to hit us a story where they said, um, this is the Wikipedia, it said Tamerlan was shot several times and his brother Zokar ran him over while escaping in a stolen car. Tamerlan died soon after. They tried to say that Tamerlan, how the fuck, they, they, they were saying that Tamerlan was hanging out of the car with a fucking pressure cooker bomb and accidentally blew himself up and he got shot, then he fell out the car and then his brother Zokar ran him over and a wild, crazy story. But there's a video and you can still find it on YouTube. That's how real this shit is. There's a video of the um, two FBI agents apprehending a man in Watertown in Boston. And when you see him, they made him strip down, butt-ass naked, and walked him into the back of a patrol car. This man was Tamerlan Sarnayev. So wherever they concocted this story about his little brother running him over and all, it's complete bullshit, right? But even beyond that, let me see if I can pull this up. Let me see if I can pull up some gangster shit for you right now. Let me see if I can do this because there's there's a lot. I mean, if you go, if you're on Instagram, you know, you can check it out later too. Or if you, you know, log in other ways. It's a hashtag when drills go live. When drills go live. Look that up because is this the right one? I don't know if this is the one. Um, I don't know if it's on this one. No, it's not on this one. It might be on a different one. I have to find it. Oh, here we go. Okay. Because here we go. You have to go look. There's a, this one I put when drills go live, but I don't know if I posted it on this one. But there is, I believe, the FBI agents who caught Tamerlan Sarnayev somehow ended up dead. Like, they fell out of a helicopter during a training exercise. <laughs> Some wacky shit like that, but I don't want to make it up. I don't want to make it up. Um, um, see, this is the thing. This is that operational rally shit. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. Let me see. Oh, okay. Oh, bet. Okay, ready? Here we go. May 23rd, 2013, personal liberty. Now, I don't know the credibility of personal liberty, but I, I am going to read this headline. Two FBI agents in Boston bomber arrest die and fall from helicopter training exercise. The FBI released a statement this week confirming the deaths of two FBI agents who specialized in elite 
counter-terror operations and were involved in the arrest of alleged Boston Marathon bomber Zokar Sarnayev. The FBI announced the two men, Special Agent Christopher Lorick and Special Agent Stephen Shaw, were killed Monday when they were participating in an offshore training exercise in which officers disembarked from a hovering helicopter and land on a seaborne vessel by means of a guide rope. The only other details the FBI provided about the two agents' deaths are that the helicopter had undisclosed difficulties and that the men fell a significant distance. God damn. Law enforcement officers said weather may have played a role in the accident, which occurred about 12 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach. Mm, mm, mm. Cleaning house. Ooh. Oh, shit. Ooh. Oh, I'm fucked up now. So I went to follow the link on, and it's a, a link to the Virginia pilot. And wouldn't you know it, the article it cannot be found. So what do we do? We go and see if we can access it another way. Oh, it's not looking good. Oh, did they just sweep this whole shit? Really? Okay, no, 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 I don't know, folks. I don't know. This article might really be gone. Um, damn. Yeah, this article might really be gone, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to see if we can come up with something over here, but it's not looking good. Wow. Oh, yeah, they really got rid of that shit. Yeah, so it was. It's in the Virginia pilot. So you know, I'm sure they don't. They don't mess around in the Virginia pilot. Yeah, no, no, they they really. Uh, think they really got rid of this article, ladies and gentlemen. Damn, that's too bad. Nope. Nothing we can do. Law enforcement officers said weather may have played a role in the accident, which occurred about 12 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach. Listen, if you know anything about that whole area, that place is crawling with spooks, all right? Motherfuckers didn't fall out of a goddamn helicopter accident. We're having a dealt. We have adult conversations here on, on the wake up, okay, ladies and gentlemen? That's all I'm saying. It's, we have adult conversations over here. So... Um, <laughs> what what is this? Oh, oh, oh! We found it. Oh shit! Oh, oh. there we go. Okay, the Virginia pilot. Give thanks. I'm telling you, it took a minute, but we got it. We got it. Okay, so this is the article that no longer exists. FBI, it's by Scott Dotry, Doward, no, Scott Doherty, the Virginia pilot, May 20th, 2013. Found it, ladies and gentlemen. Two members of the FBI's elite counterterrorism unit died Friday while practicing how to quickly drop from a helicopter to a ship using a rope, the FBI announced Monday in a statement. Statement gave few details regarding the deaths of Special Agent Christopher Lorick and Stephen Shaw, other than to say the helicopter encountered unspecified difficulties and the agents fell, quote, an unquote, significant distance. 
A law enforcement source told the pilot the incident happened about 12 nautical miles off the coast of Virginia Beach. The official blamed bad weather for the incident and said the agents, members of the FBI's hostage rescue team based in Quantico, fell into the water. Ooh, shit. He threw them into the water. I mean, they fell into the water. It's my bad. Threw them. They threw them. They didn't get. They didn't throw them because clearly the article says they fell into the water, right? The, the official said he believed the agents died as a result of the impact rather than drowning. They made sure that. God damn. Glenn McBride, a spokesperson for a spokesman for the state medical examiner's office, said it could be months before his staff can release a final cause and manner of death for the two agents. He said they must wait for the results of a routine toxicology test. What? For what? They're, they're feds, okay? The FBI, would you think they got drunk and fell out of the helicopter? Don't insult our intelligence. According to a Navy official, the agents were using a ship the FBI had leased from the Navy's Military Sea Lift Command. No Navy personnel were involved in the exercise, the Navy official said. This is just, this is, I, I just should stop reading this shit. There's a reason that they fucking, that they hid this article. This <laughs> just sounds goofy. Sounds, just don't ask questions. Nigga, there's no Navy there. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. An Army helicopter crashed into a similar ship in 2009 during another training exercise off the coast of Virginia Beach, killing one person and injuring eight. Do, do we even want to look and know who was on that helicopter? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I really don't. Honestly, I don't. Because that just, you might start digging up patterns and shit, and that's not what we're trying to do. We just want to provoke thought here, okay? God forbid we start picking up on patterns and shit. Um, yeah, it's just talking about what they did, you know. But hold on, because did they just say a key word in here? It says, um, okay. Uh, among other things, members of the hostage, hostage rescue team are trained to repel from helicopters, scuba dive, and use explosives to break down doors and walls. When needed, the team can deploy within four hours to anywhere in the U.S. Okay. Quote, it sounds risky and it absolutely is, end quote, Colson said. Quote, they have the same ski skills as SEAL Team 6 and Delta Force, end quote. Oh, shit. It looks like they have the same kind of luck as SEAL, SEAL Team 6, too. God damn. <laughs> I know that was cold. It's too soon, too soon. I know, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not laughing at SEAL Team 6 getting blown up in that helicopter after they valiantly took out bin Laden. I just think it's ironic how they would even compare these motherfuckers to SEAL Team 6, these FBI agents who valiantly stopped Sarnaya brothers from terrorizing Watertown, Boston. Yeah, are you seeing the the correlations? Am I? All right, I'll let you figure that shit out for yourself. Let me stop. And all the team has responded to more than 850 incidents involving terrorism, violent crimes, and foreign counterintelligence, according to the FBI's website. So now, see, because you give me something like this, and I start asking questions like. 
Were they part of that task force that was already in Watertown when this thing occurred? Huh. Last month, the team was involved in the arrest of Zokar Sarnaev, a, suspe a suspect in the Boston Marathon bombing. And in February, it rescued a five-year-old boy held hostage for six days in the underground bunker in Alabama. Oh, shit. Do y'all remember when that happened? Now, if y'all remember when that happened, you remember when that man had that little boy in the bunker and, oh, shit. See, this is why we can't, all right, we don't open up Pandora's box already. So we're just going to continue down this line of reasoning right now, okay? Because when, and when, right, right, uh, yeah, right. Uh, and they made Bin Laden's body disappear off a ship. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, right? So when that little boy was in the bunker with the man, we don't really know. At least at the time, we weren't told exactly how they got the boy out. They said they used whatever method they used. It was some classified where they couldn't even tell. They were just like, ah, oh, we got the boy. We got him. Look, see, we got him. They couldn't even tell us how they did it. I was like, did they send the little bugs from Minority Report in there? Did they pump gas into it? Did they, you know, my mind, I still don't know exactly how it was done. But that was one of those things. It was basically top secret how they got that little boy out of the bunker. But I did not know it was the same team. Okay? Quote, whenever things go really wrong, the FBI calls in the hostage rescue, the hostage rescue team. It's the government's 911, end quote, Colson said. Irvin Wells, a former FBI special agent who retired in 1990 after leading the Norfolk field office for three years, stressed that the hostage rescue team is different from the FBI's regular SWAT teams. He noted that agents assigned to a field office's SWAT team also must perform other jobs inside the bureau, while agents assigned to the hostage rescue team have no other duties. That's all they do. Hmm. Quote, not to take anything from SWAT, but these guys train full-time for the most dangerous of missions, end quote, Wells said of the hostage rescue team, quote, like the SEALs, they are highly trained and trained continuously, end quote. Nancy Savage, executive director of the Society of Former Special Agents of the FBI, said SWAT teams handle, quote, normal dangerous situations, end quote, while the hostage rescue team handles larger scale incidents that involve more specialized skill sets. Okay, they're a very elite team. Okay. Okay. So... To join the team, FBI agents must pass a special physical fitness test and complete a two-week selection class, Colson said. Then the agent must complete 14 to 16-week, quote, new operator training school, end quote, 
quote, it's a national loss, end quote. Colson said about the deaths of Lorik and Shaw, quote, these are the best trained individuals in the world. See, this is how you know, uh, like my big sister Toledo Books always says, yeah, a, body, a body costs a lot, okay? It costs a lot to take a life to cover something up, all right? When they start taking lives, you know it's some shit. Scott Dougherty from the Virginia Pilot. Excellent work, my friend. Excellent work for laying it out. I'm sorry that they just played you like that and fucking deleted your whole <laughs> article. But that, that was some good work right there because for anyone who's paying attention, you can take the little jewels and the little crumbs that he spread out for us and, you know, you can put some things together. So uh, we applaud you for that and we thank you for that and hope you're doing all right. That's Virginia, baby. They, they don't play that shit. That's still the uh, first slave state, right? <laughs> so... All that to say, folks, you know, we just went down a, a mini little rabbit hole. I was just a mini rabbit hole. But, again, that began from, you know, diving into this Operation Ring of Fire, where, as I was hearing about this, starting to hear about, you know, we, we had the Boston bombing. Then we had the uh, we had the uh, fertilizer plant explosion. Okay, we were having all kind of trains derailing at that time period, where to the point where you know my little red flags went up because I I had the suspicion that something was going on, and so you know. Started doing my homework, and mind you, that fertilizer plant explosion like, I mean, from the sky, from one angle, it looked like a nuke explosion, which is really interesting because Operation Ring of Fire says that allegedly that there are nukes all around the country. Now, you know, I found a lot of articles. I found a lot of articles dealing with it over the last week or two. And I'm, I'm going to read off some of this. A lot of them are coming from P Pamela Ray Schufert. I don't know who she is, but I know she deals with this stuff from a biblical perspective. I'm not promoting, you know, anything like that. I, I'm, I'm not a religious person. But I will entertain information if it makes sense, okay? Premonitions of an American Holocaust. I believe that's her book, okay? But, you know, the, uh, the more I read her content, the more I'm like, okay, she seems pretty credible. But she says openly, yes, by Pamela Ray Schufer, presenting investigative journalism from a biblical perspective. I know when people, especially American Christian, white Christian um, 
talk about this information, they, they do it from the perspective that America will somehow be saved and they kind of forget about the wickedness of this country. So I'm not going to falter for that because that that's her that's her perspective, you know? But I'm going to read some of this article and just because again, I've been looking for this this uh Operation Ring of Fire information for so long now. <sighs> So this is from Pamela Ray Schufert. She says, I just finished talking on the phone to my friend and contact T in Vermont. She's a good friend of Al Cuppets and has spent time in his home accompanied with her husband. Al and I go back many years working together to expose the NWO agenda for America. I've quoted from him extensively in the past and in my book, Premonitions of an American Holocaust. Al Cuppet has lectured extensively across the nation about the dangers of coming martial law. I have nothing but the highest respect for this man, also a devoted Christian. Al has retired from working at the Pentagon for many years. I first met Al in Washington, D.C. in 1996 at his friend Joel's home. Al had begun to put out information about coming martial law and was determined to expose it even as I was. We networked frequently throughout past, throughout past years, exchanging information at times and validating one another's information through research. Al later traveled with the Prophecy Club to both get his information out and to gather new information. So maybe that's what I saw. It might have been the Prophecy Club, right? <clears throat> When my friend T contacted him recently about my Navy SEAL insider revelation regarding Operation Ring of Fire, Al immediately confirmed the possibility of this to occur. Quote, I have known about this for a long time, end quote, admitted Al to my friend. In fact, it was Al Cuppet who initially gave me information about the strange reports. Now this, now folks, now this is the part again coming full circle. So we see what's going on in St. Vincent. Now, I'm not saying that this is what happened with the volcano in St. Vincent, but I'm also not, not saying that this is what happened. It's just interesting how this came up as I'm reading this information. In fact, it was Al Cuppet who initially gave me information about the strange reports of nukes being planted around Yellowstone National Park a while back. Retired USAF information source Field McConnell also confirmed the strange planting of high explosives around YNP by the U.S. military covertly. He told me personally that a USAF source called him to talk about this. I had published this information previously. But it is not only at YNP. They are planting these deadly explosives at for future martial law takeover by these deadly NWO communists. We researchers are convinced they are now planted everywhere across our nation for the martial law agenda. Now, the thing with Yellowstone National Park that people need to understand, they might say it in this article, Yellowstone National Park is a super volcano. It is a giant fucking volcano, okay? It's not just a volcano. It is a super volcano, okay? As the news reported, a general with the USAF 
Joseph Brown had been involved in the recent investigation regarding disappearing nukes in the USAF. Strangely, soon after demanding an explanation for their disappearance, his personal plane went down and he died, plus several others, including his wife. And now my Navy SEAL source admitted his USAF nuclear rapid response team Pentagon friend is dead for helping him and his team disable the rogue planted nukes they uncovered in several states recently. And for daring to reveal the date he was told for the planted nukes to be detonated, May 5th, 2013. Now, this goes back May 5th, 2013. So people were kind of on edge. And I should probably look up to see if anything actually did go down. May 5th. 2013. See if anything actually did go down on that date. But that's something just, you know, pay attention to, ladies and gentlemen. You know, because they, they these folks, these elites, they like their dates. They like, you know, they, they like the events coinciding around April, April 19th, April 20th, we know 420, we know April 20th is Hitler's birthday, we know April 19th, we have several, several situations that occurred on uh, April 19th now, okay, the the fertilizer plant explosion on, on April 17th, the Boston bombing on April 15th, that they call that Patriots Day, right, it's a ritual, right. And I know they have names for all these rituals. I don't know all those names, so I'm not even going to act like I do. I'm just like, you can look up what rituals fall in that time. It's a whole, it's like a season of sacrifice for these people, okay? May 1st is May Day. And May Day, you know, it, a lot of people think of it as just um, kind of like a Labor Day for for uh, laborers of the world unite. Uh, yeah, but it's also like some Bolshevik shit. And we know that the Bolsheviks are Khazarian nomads. They are... You know, they, they are big on overthrowing overthrowing the order of the times, all right? It's, it's not just something for people who work, okay? It's not just the type of Labor Day. It's a whole ritualistic overthrow of governments, okay? Let me see. Yeah, there you go. Sacrifice, sowing, harvesting. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even want to mess up your name. What's that? Mr. Eastland? Mr. Eastland? Hope I got that right. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Let me see. Ooh. What happened on May 5th, 2013? Ten people killed. Ten people are killed in a church attack in Nijlan, Nigeria. Five people are killed after a limousine catches fire in Hayward, California. God damn. Sarah Kirsch, German poet, dies at 70, 78. Okay. Um, May 5th was a Sunday. Um, Zodiac was a snake in the sign of Taurus. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, oh, wow, this is interesting, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that was interesting even in that year, right, May 16th, human stem cells are successfully cloned, okay, 
July 18th of 2013, Detroit, Michigan files for bankruptcy, becoming the largest U.S. municipal bankruptcy ever at 18.5. Was that 2013? Damn, y'all remember that? Wow. Okay. So, so you know, that, that's what was going on. So let me go back to this article now. Right? Because still... We just look look out for May 5th this year, you know, just because it didn't go down on 2013 doesn't mean they don't still like that date, okay? Let's give it a few years. Give it eight years and see if they forget <laughs> type of shit. Back to the article. My Navy SEAL commented to me on the ongoing problem of missing nukes within the U.S. military. He told me about one instance where an 18 platforms of MIRVs disappeared in the U.S. Navy. Each platform or pallet holds five MIRVs, he said. I did some quick multiplying. I said to him, that's 90 missing nuclear MIRVs. He replied, correct. God damn. MIRVs, that's M-I-R-V apostrophe S, folks. Al is very aware of the potential for Operation Ring of Fire to happen at any time in our nation. It may or may not occur at the date given in my Navy SEAL friend as given to him by the USAF nuclear response source in the Pentagon. No wonder these articles are just being thrown underneath, like all the way to the bottom. <laughs> the U.S. military can and does change its dates on many projects. And being military, they know the importance of striking when their targets are unsuspecting and not ready nor prepared. This is always a part of military strategy. And, you know, this lady, she's talking about the military. Like, it, it might not be the U.S. military per se. It might be rogue U.S. military. And it might more likely be people who are not U.S. military at all, okay, who might just be using the U.S. military, all right? Um... That is precisely why I've been getting this information out as rapidly as possible. They would be foolish to attempt to pull such a destructive operation against the American people on a date previously revealed to be their initial target date. Then all fingers would point clearly to them behind this terrible false flag operation, and the American people would in indeed be up in arms against this traitorous government and military accomplices. I pray to God that nothing happens on May 5th or any other date regarding deadly detonations of the planted nukes. And, you know, this, uh, that was one of the articles that I came across. Right, or the United Nations. That's the thing, because, it's, you know, the, all those people are involved. And you got to go back to the Operation Gladio stuff, too, because those the, the Operation Gladio, that is Hydra. Those are the super soldiers. Those are the people who have no loyalty to any nation, but they have a loyalty to the philosophy that they follow. I'm pretty sure I was reading off the Gladio stuff last week. Y'all can check back on the show from last week, all right? It's all in there. Oh, man. When I tell you, like, I, I was just going in one day. Um. Oh, now here. Now, see. Okay. So uh, I'm going to give you an example of how ill this stuff gets, right? So <clears throat> this is 
from Wednesday, August 19th, 2009, okay, 2009, American Holocaust in the Coming New World Order. It's a blog, but it's someone who's documenting this shit, okay? I just want to, this again, Pam, Pam, Pamela Schufert, be on point. Um, you know, I went in on the whole, uh, <laughs> I just went down some rabbit holes, all right? <clears throat> um, so it's talking about, okay, I'm just going to come down to this part, okay? It says, this is from Pamela Schufert. She said, David told me that because of the plant, now this is from 2009, ladies and gentlemen. David told me that because of the planned imposition of the toxic and deadly vaccines for the alleged swine flu pandemic coming, he and others predict that it may come to all-out war by angry and protesting Americans against the U.S. government military intentions to impose this series of deadly vaccination. All of this potentially means martial law. Read here about some of the major dangers of the swine flu vaccination. And this this is 2009. Did you know that all swine flu vaccinations contains hidden microchips that will be inserted into you without your knowledge? The military satellites will then be able to track you, locate you, attack you, and find you worldwide and under martial law. A microbiologist revealed this several years ago in an article that I tried to post on my previous website. The government knocked this article off my website every time I tried to post it. This is why they created the artificial pandemic to create a reason to force their vaccinations into your body, to chip you and sicken you, etc., and, and track you, a major agenda of the new world. Though. Mind you, this is from 2009. This isn't from this pandemic. This is from 2009. So is it just the same old so-called conspiracy theory rhetoric that's being replayed, or are we finally living in the stuff that people have been predicting for the last decade and change. She says when she called, when she, she says when I called and spoke to Ted Gunderson, he told me the very same thing. All right. Ted Gunderson. Yeah. I don't know who Ted, Ted Gunderson is. Just look him up because Ted Gunderson is on point. Um, you know, she talks about banker's holiday, a banker's holiday. That's something that we have to watch out for because if there's a banker's holiday, that means basically they're closing the bank so that there's not a run on the money. All the wealthy people, I mean, the wealthy, they're already pulling their money out of the economy as it is, but they want to make the economy crash. So if you see something like that, you got a leg up just to know that something might come. Um, and if you had that leg up, since you don't know when it's going to come or might come, you might want to consider stocking up on nutrient-dense non-perishable food. You can have your beans, you can have your seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, sea moss, moringa, okay? Sea moss and moringa have close to all of your 90 essential nutrients that you need every day. Those two alone, sea moss and moringa. So you want to have plenty of that on deck. 
just in case, okay? Just in case, because then you'll at least be able to give your body what it needs as we go through trying times, okay? Make sure you have your weapons. If you're in a Pro 2 friendly state, get you some firearms, okay? And not only get you some firearms, but get you some ammunition. Get you some ammunition reloading equipment, okay? So that if, you know, the price of ammunition goes up, that you have the money, that you have the means to produce ammunition because ammunition will become currency in the very near future. All right. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stuff. This lady is actually really on point. Hmm. This is funny. I mean, it's not funny. So, okay, here's something else. This says, planned, because I'm just going back to this article now. Okay, okay, Mr. Eastland, I see you. I'm not going to put you on blast, but I, but I see what you say, and everyone in this chat sees what you said. That's what's up right there. Keep that up. You, you know, you might be a saving grace to a lot of people, um, you know, especially your family. Make sure that you have what you need for your family. And if you can share with other people, do. But be be very selective with whom you share your stuff because you already know when shit hits the fan, if and when shit hits the fan, they find out you're the one that has the nutritious, you know, the, the valuable nutritional content, then, you know, <laughs> nobody want to plant the con. Everybody want to raid the barn. Get it? Look. There's another thing to mind you, this article is from 2009. It says, planned famine is coming. Now, if y'all have been paying attention over the last maybe two years, two, three years, especially in 2020, there's been a lot of killing of... And destroying of produce, okay? All throughout 2020, you had these, uh, I don't know who was making the call, but because these, uh, these vegetables couldn't be brought to market, they were being destroyed. Millions of pounds of onions, millions of pounds of carrots, produce, or anything you could think of, these, they were just being destroyed. Okay, you could have given it to the homeless, but they said that because of COVID, the supply chain was down. The, 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 the actual chain from farm to store or farm to restaurant had broken down. So farmers were being, farmers were being ordered to destroy their produce. Um, because of this, you're hearing about um, the, the slaughtering, the wholesale slaughtering of livestock. Okay. Whether, you know, okay, vegans, okay, you don't eat meat. A lot of people do. And those people might suffer because of this or the artificial slaughtering of these animals, okay? So this says, planned famine is coming. There is, there is coming a time of planned famine to America. I learned of this agenda years ago. Planned famine is a frequent, and mind you, I have not read this. I have not read this part of the article as of yet. 
I learned this agenda years ago. Planned famine is a frequently used tactic of communists whenever they want to subdue any country beneath their cruel control, make the people weak and impoverished by famine. Then they will be more helpless, passive, and subject to forced compliance to government, government agendas. The U.S. government has even practiced seizing national food distribution warehouses in Tennessee, for example, according to one eyewitness who worked in one such center. I've long informed my readers and listeners that a planned famine is coming to force people to comply with military government demand or, or receive no food. And now we have received reports of a film being made by FEMA that shows how people in the future must line up at a FEMA center to accept a forced vaccination or be refused food. Okay. All right, folks, are you paying attention? The U.S. government will deliberately create circumstances where food supplies will be seized from the national food distribution warehouses. There will be no deliveries of food to your local grocery stores. They will arrange this so that the American people will be forced to come to FEMA military food distribution centers. They will attempt to coerce you into taking the flu vaccination and complying with other NWO demands in order to get Food for yourself and your family. No comply, you die. No food. So, <clears throat> isn't that what we've been talking about this evening? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not big on the fear porn. You know, there's a fine line between scaring people and preparing people. There's a lot of stuff that that I don't normally talk about just because I don't want to scare people. There's a lot of stuff that's up in here. <laughs> I just keep to myself because I don't want to scare people. And we have to remember that we create, we're, we're in the process of creating our reality. So we have to focus on the reality that we want to see. You know, there's, there's things that, the elites and so-called elites want to create for us, but we can't allow ourselves to be subject to that. And we have to remember that we are also creators and that we are in the process of creating the world that we are ultimately going to see and experience. And if there's one thing I learned from 2020, Vision 2020, right? This one thing I learned from the year 2020, it's that everything we experience is a matter of perspective. Everything we experience is a matter of perspective. And it matters through what lens you, you see things. We, we call it that called wind of that CIA document that says that we live in a holographic universe. And it's not like it was snuck out of the CIA. Like, no, they, they printed that. They, they made that information available. And, you know, folks can say, oh, it's, you know, it's not real. Why would the CIA put that out? Personally, I believe they need people at some, on some level, they need people thinking and utilizing the tools that are already available to us. 
they need superhumans. You know, whatever's coming, I fuck it. I don't know. Whatever's coming, they need people tapping into their unlimited potential. And so, you know, it, it's like it's like doctors, you know, doctors are like modern day psycho spiritual warlocks. Cause that that white lab coat it does something to people. And you know, they, they talk about this in psychology too, in medical psychology. We see the doctor with that lab coat, go, okay, Mr. Johnson, you have cancer and you have three weeks to live. Well, that shit sets off a chain of events in the mind of Mr. Johnson. And now Mr. Johnson is beginning the process of killing himself. You know? And at the end of three weeks, he might just go out. If that doctor, that same doctor says, oh, Mr. Johnson, oh, okay, oh, okay this is nothing too serious. Oh, no, you're going to live for another 50 years. You're going to live at least 50 years. You'll be fine. You'll see your great-grandchildren. Mr. Johnson, because of the power of that doctor, Mr. Johnson is going to now begin a chain of events in his mind and his body that's most likely going to keep him alive for a lot longer. Okay? So whether doctors know they have this power or not, I don't know. I can't say. I believe at least some of them do know they have this power. That's why you can have a fuck face like Fauci up there talking his shit and people are going to buy into it because th these are the new these are the new temple priests, okay? Th these are the new um you know Y'all ever seen this movie, 10,000 BC? Or if you ever see any of these, these movies or shows where you have these, these priests of some order, you know, you can even go to the Catholic Church and they have the people's minds locked in fear. And so they dictate the will of nations through, you know, just whatever comes out of their mouth. In the movie 10,000 BC, you had these temple priests and they had the people scared, right? They're new wizards, right? Exactly, they're wizards. Yeah, the, 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 uh, in 10,000 BC, they had the people scared. And finally there was a rebellion and the people rose up against the priests. And, and what the priests had, they had... um these boats that they were, you know, they were used to kidnap people. And so people, I can't remember what they called the boats, but some of the people had never seen boats because they lived inland. So they just never saw a boat. So, you know, the priests had a, a boat up in the temple. And when the people came to see them, they fucking, the priest came and dropped open the sails and the sails blew out in the wind and the people stopped for a second. But that was the priest. They were like trying to fan that shit <laughs> to get the people scared. But when the people realized that it wasn't going to do anything, they stopped for a moment. Then they went and they got the priests. Okay, that's the power that these type of people have over the minds of the masses if they are given it. Because people have to give their minds and give their authority to these people. They have to allow these people to inject those thoughts into their psyche so that the people can then basically print out the version of reality that someone else wants to see, okay? They use, they use our collective soul power, our ashe, 
to create the reality that they want to see. They can't do it without us. They can't do it just by themselves. And so they, they find themselves or they are placed into positions where they can manipulate the masses of people, okay? Look at fuckface Fauci, man. Look at how many people across the world, billions of people across the world are being influenced by his every whim and desire at this point. And, you know, he's one of those philosophically driven people. Where he's in the club, whatever club that we ain't in, he's in that shit. And and Fauci is the one of the mouthpieces for these people right now. So is Bill Gates. He's another one of these mouthpieces right now. And he's in there. But let's keep it real. They they're not at the top. You know, Klaus Schwab, okay? This guy, Klaus Schwab, the, the father of the great reset. Yeah, he's yeah, he's up there. But again, if we know his name, then he's probably not very close to the top, okay? The people who are really close to the top, we will likely never know their names, all right? That's just how it goes. So the Fauci's and the Bill Gates's and the Michael Bloomberg's and the, uh, the Klaus Schwab's, they, they're just low-hanging fruit, Okay. But these are the mouthpieces. These are the people who are putting forth these agendas. They are injecting them into the psyches of the people. And then the people, the mass of the people are just printing it out for them, okay, in physical form. Printing it out into this living hologram that we're in right now, okay? So we have to learn to print out what we want to see in this hologram. All right. We have to learn to utilize It's funny because <clears throat> earlier today, you know, I was in um it was a, a like a thing it was a Thanksgiving kind of ceremony. And one thing that the elder was saying, she was uh, quoting talking about imagination. <clears throat> And how we have to use our imagination the right way. Our, our imagination is a spiritual tool. Think about all the people. And, you know, all of us, I'm sure, have been guilty of this. Where it, we have so much bullshit just clouding up our minds that we're not properly using our imaginations, you know. <clears throat> Say you're thinking about a movie that you like, or you've been watching some pornography, or you've been watching sports, you know, all kind of things that cloud up the mind, and that's the only thing that you could think about. Or think about, you know, the music that's on the radio right now. I'm not talking about like the bullshit that's on the radio right now. You know, these songs are so addictive at this point. There are songs where I I'll hear it for the first time now. And the words of that song just bouncing around in my brain. Like, how did that get there? How did how did this artist, this trashy artist, how were they able to rent out space in my brain? Or not even rent out. How were they able to squat in my brain and distract my thoughts from something that's important to me? Okay. So we have to learn how to use our imaginations. That's one of the messages from this elder. We have to learn to use our imagination and visualize the reality that we want to see and visualize that reality enough and speak that into existence, okay? 
So especially for my Ethiopians, like we're going to get through all of this stuff, okay? They're not going to put this vaccine on us. They're going to try, but they're going to fail miserably, okay? They're not going to be able to trick us and deceive us anymore. They're they no longer, no, we're going to overcome all of this stuff, all right? We will rise as a mighty nation, okay? The people will overcome these wicked elites in the end of the day. There will be an abundance of food. There will be abundance of clean water, okay? We will get our high technology, and we will clean up the earth in the end of the day. We will save these animals, all right? We will save ourselves. We will save these children from these predators in the end of the day, okay? Speak life. Speak life into this hologram that we're living in, ladies and gentlemen, you know, even to yourself, you just sit in your room, and just speak life because it's a living hologram. OK, the more you speak life into it, the more you give life to something real. All right. This is what they do with their TV. This is, you know, they try to say they try to create a narrative of what they want to see. You do the same thing. All right. Whether you have a big platform or a small platform, whether it's you talking to yourself, you talking to your peoples or you talking to a whole masses of people it doesn't matter okay that's where we're at right now in 2021 and that's what i'm saying why you know i could tell you about all the crazy shit that they have in store for us but that no that's not what we want to do i'm talking about i, I want to see y'all living in uh you know green fields i, I want y'all to be surrounded by greenery and peace and love and, and loving your lives and enjoying the people that are around you with optimal health, eating healthy foods, drinking good, clean water that's good for you. You know, that's the type of reality that we're out here creating. Man, I love y'all. Listen, I'm signing out. I'll take my ass to bed. I know I hit you with some crazy shit tonight, but it'll be all right. You know, if you do want to go look into more of those things, you know, there's ways to find it. The Operation Ring of Fire stuff is definitely out there. Um, This lady, Pamela Schufert, I appreciate her, man. She She's, uh, she's on point. Thank you, Mr. Eastland. I appreciate you, too. Appreciate your input. I appreciate everyone's input who's been tuning in. You know how we do, listening to On The Wake Up Radio. Um, thank you so much for coming out. Um, if you haven't created a, a page yet, go to otwtube.com. That's otwtube.com. That is free speech social media. If you're tired of being censored on these social media platforms, go check that out. Thank you, Fedco. I see you. I appreciate you, too. Absolutely. Um, go to otwtube.com, create an account, chop it up with us. You know, you can share whatever you need to share on there and it will not be deleted. It will not be censored. It literally, it's like YouTube and Instagram combined where, you know, you can just put shit up and no one's going to take it down. All right. Um, go to on the wake up radio.com. We can listen in to the to a 24-hour radio. This has been, I'm telling you, everything we do is a labor of love, ladies and gentlemen. It's a labor of love, and it's been a long time coming. And we've had to go through a lot of trials and tribulations to get to this point right now. 
So thank you for tuning in and thank you for being a part of this journey with us because we, we couldn't, we wouldn't be here without you. We couldn't do this without you. And we wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you, you know? So we, we, we give thanks and we appreciate everybody who's been on this journey with us, whether you've been here the whole time, whether you're just joining us, we appreciate all of you. <clears throat> Um, just shout out to my, my co-host, my brother, John, the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth Podcast. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing us all together. Tune in again next week for the more dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up. Flawed individual. Cindy Ashby. Cindy Ashby. 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 On the wake up. <laughs>